Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into the Buster Show. Today, we're all very lucky because we have a special guest, a commissioner guest, the commissioner of the Crew League and an entrepreneur in his own, Eli Maroon. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me, brother. Hope you're well. I'm doing good, man. I'm excited to talk to you for a bunch of reasons, particularly the Crew League, which as of recording this, season two is, is halfway through in terms of it being uploaded, getting out into the world. The feedback has been insane compared to season one. Um, but before we talk about some of the crew league, I wanted to ask you, how did you get your start in media and the entertainment business? Because it, I'm sure it was a very long road before you were able to found a sports league. <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess I'll take you back to the beginning, right? I am a uh from a very small town in New Jersey, uh, obviously played basketball, um, had no aspirations for the entertainment business growing up at all. I was a Middle Eastern studies minor and a political science major at Rutgers University, uh, go Scarlet Knights. Um, cousin who, you know, I had aspirations to be like, in Homeland Security, in the army and a police officer sort of following the steps of a cousin. And then he passed with colon cancer. Um, and it just sort of like shifted my interest. I started like club promoting, just getting into like entertainment related stuff. Uh, found myself representing like this DJ who I used to buy mixtapes from. And uh, I remember one time I called him and I'm like, uh, I need to get, buy some CDs because I was like buying CDs for like 25 cents and then dropping them off at like an uncle's gas station to sell them. Like I, every hustle in the world I've done. Um, and I called him one time and when I go pick up CDs, he would always tell me like, I used to be Biggie's DJ. I used to be this, such and such. And I was like, just give me my CDs, bro. And uh, one time <laughs> I called him and uh, he was like, I'm on tour with Lil Wayne, but I'm in New York, come to the show. I'm like, you're up to our little weight, of course. So he gave me passes and, you know, I found myself backstage in a, in a time where it was sneaking in backstage was my way back there. They actually gave me a pass. I started to network, found a way to get myself on tour. While on tour, um, you know, I started, I, I started to make friends with some of the up and coming artists that were on the tour. Um, one was an up and coming female rapper named Nicki Minaj. The other was an up and coming uh, Canadian rapper named Drake, both very up and coming at the time. And um, people don't know this, but Nicki was originally, before she was even signed to Lil Wayne's record label, she was signed to Bad Boy Management, which was Puff Daddy and my mentor at the time, James Cruz. Um, so I just went up to him backstage at a concert and was like, yo, I have this idea. Roses, um, around her album coming out on, on Valentine's day. And they're like, cool, get it done. And I was like, get it done. Like I, you know, I was like 20 years old. I was like, I thought like you say an idea and like, like it gets done, like with bosses. <laughs> anyway, anyways, I came home and I started like cold calling at the time, anybody, you know, anybody I can Google, right? So it was like 1-800-Flowers and Pro Flowers and all of like the players in the floral space at the time. And um, I felt like I was getting nowhere. I was talking to like old 
female receptionist, like saying Nikki, you know, like Nikki who, and literally writing down Nikki Minaj. And um, eventually got a phone call back from Lisa Hendrickson, who I'm still, you know, I still consider an integral part of my life, um, who at the time was the CMO at 1-800-Flowers, made the introduction and um, ended up becoming a very, very lucrative deal for not only Nikki and Bad Boy Management that commissioned it, but also Puffs did his own collaboration around his new his new vodka company, Ciroc at the time, made a ton of money there. from there. It just sort of, um, he, you know, I would, I would work very closely with his manager, James Cruz, and, and Puff would just sporadically like hit me. And, and there was a, a time where he asked me to come and join his team and basically asked me to be his assistant. And my reply, again, was the greatest, worst reply in my life. I'm like, assistant, I'm not no assistant. I was a kid. And he was like, best dance I ever heard, click. And it's sort of been history from there. You know, I spent seven years as his day-to-day -day manager. Um, the title was day-to-day -day manager, but as you can imagine, it entailed really handled all facets of his personal life and business life, as you can imagine. And um, a few years ago, left with Jordan, who you know, my business partner. And, um, you know, we, I always say like being around somebody like Puff, he inspires you to aspire to be like him, right? To be great. Like there's nobody on earth that pushes somebody to be great. Um, so we started a business where we lived in between brands and culture and represented a lot of talent as extensions of their management and a lot of brands um, and helping them, you know, we like making them cool, right? And, um, you know, you, you were around me at the crew league. There's uh, in the most humble sense, I don't think there's a lot of people like me that can have an eloquent conversation as we're having right now, but also be able to talk to the rappers in the studio at three in the morning while pumping shots and throwing money in the air, right? So yeah, um, had this niche and, um, and it led to what we're probably about to talk about, which is found, it, found a lane providing these unique content offerings um, which has been incredible. And, you know, the crew league being the first of them. Absolutely. Now I want to talk about the crew league in a second, but you said you work with Diddy for seven years. What yeah. do you think, what do you think makes him unique? What do you think separates him from all the oh. other people that try to be like him? Everything. Puff is, Puff is, um, he's one of a kind. I mean, when he, when he locks in and puts his head down and wants to achieve something or get something done and has a goal, uh, there's nobody on earth like him um, from a motivational side of things. There's nobody that'll push you to be great. Um, he does it obviously in a very unique manner in that like it's um, almost like boot camp, but you don't, you don't, um, you don't come around him and not want to be great or not. And he doesn't allow you not to be great. Right. In whatever sense it is, sometimes it's on a personal level, sometimes it's on a, on a business level. Um, but the answer to that is everything. There's nothing there's nothing normal about that man at all. 
That's pretty Which cool. is great, which is a good thing. One, one of yeah. my favorite clips on the entire internet is the video of him closing a phone, uh, closing a deal on the phone, slamming the phone down and standing up saying, I want more, I want another one. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's one of a kind energy. So that's super cool that you know, you've been yeah, around that, that so much. So, so I'm so happy that that video is a viral video, but I mean, that was a Tuesday. Like that's, that's how he is, you know, like that, that was a rare video from the early two thousands, but that's a Tuesday. He closes a deal. He's hyped. What's next? Like, you know, there's no, um, especially at this point in his life, right. Where he's sort of like done everything, right. He's been a part of everything. He's won every accolade and award he's all about like legacy right now right so like um it's dope to see him never be like cool let's take a break he's always like what's next let's get it you know which is which is dope to have a, a mentor a former employer and now a partner like that 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 drives and pushes things like that forward i love that now fast forward to the crew league how did the original idea for season one come about and how did, how was season one different from the original concept idea? Yeah. So, so the crew league was years sort of in the making, right? Cause if you really think about what the crew league is, it's not like we reinvented the wheel, right? We just executed it very well. Um, originally the crew league was sort of like, a battle of crews without the celebrity aspect, right? It was like a group of friends. We all play basketball. I play in many different circles here in California that are entertainment related, right? Like we have a game that we play on Tuesdays at the weekend's house. You know, I'm name dropping, but factual, right? We have a game <laughs> We have a game Saturdays where we play at, you know, party next door's house. And, and just different like games. And um, a group of managers of ours were like, yo, like let's just do like a management group battle, like a competition. And for a year, we really tried to plan this thing, right? And when we would try to do it, this group was on tour with their artists or, you know, this group was, we were all just very busy and it never sort of came to fruition. That's sort of where the logo came from, which happens to be me at, at 11 years old. Um, and the idea just, we just never were able to execute because we were all so busy, right? Then the pandemic hit, right? Um, and when the pandemic hit, it's not like I was like, let's do the crew league, right? Everybody had to like reinvent their business models and all of the managers, especially in the entertainment industry and the artists, had nothing to do right we were playing basketball we are on social media so we started playing more aggressively and i remember distinctively um being at the weekend's house in calabasas and it was like a very intense game and um you know we went up for a shot and blocked a shot of you know uh uh uh, the greatest our greatest entertainer of all time and I just remember like man like this is so cool like if the world could see like that the greatest entertainer of all time gets his shot blocked or you know or or vice versa not specifically to him it's so cool and I just remember coming home and I'm like yo we're gonna do this right and um just started putting it together brought in uh a partner on the season one uh, that represented a ton of artists 
uh, including the Kid Leroy and G Herbo and a few other guys. And um, we just sort of started doing it, you know? We're just like started announcing artists. Like we didn't have it planned. We were just kind of like going, right? Like we were like, cool, Kid Leroy and G Herbo want to do it, let's announce them. Oh, great, uh, DDG wants to get in, he just hit us, let's announce them. We were just like going, right? We didn't know what it would become. Um, and at the time we had no partners to offset the thing. So every decision we were making was sort of like eating into my life savings, right? And people, this is something people don't know. Um, I emptied my bank for season one. I emptied my personal bank account and took, you know, by the end of it was in debt, three or $400,000, right? Um, with no plan. No, didn't, didn't know if it would sell, didn't know what it would become, didn't know anything. And, um, you know, basically took the biggest risk of my life. Like had I not been able to find a buyer and had we not been able to find this lane, um, my life would be very different right now, right? I'd be trying to get out of debt, out of a big debt, like not a college loan, like a big debt. Um, so it worked out, you know, thank God, but it was season two to an extent. Wow. Yeah, that that's pretty remarkable. I remember, you know, because I had first started talking to your partner, Jordan, because we were thinking about doing a podcast around the crew league. And then I told him that, you know, I'd actually done, you know, five years of play by play broadcasting. And when I was in high school, I won best in the country for it. And he's like, oh, broadcast the league. And then we finally agreed on it four days before we started filming. Well, but do you want the true story behind that? definitely i was anti-buster all the way <laughs> I've, I've heard that yeah i was anti-buster the whole way i'm like bro like he's not the culture he's not it and um, <laughs> now i will tell you buster you know you're a blessing to the crew league to myself to, to everything so far and and hopefully when we tell our stories right when you tell your side of the story hopefully the crew league was a blessing to sort of what, you know, you were able to springboard and continue to build. But yeah, I was very anti-buster. I didn't get it, but here's the thing with me, right? I'm so, and this is why Jordan and I are, have such an amazing partnership. I'm so locked in on where, what I know, right? Like I'm not very, you know, the basketball culture and something that obviously I've learned and, and obviously now I'm a player in, um, was something I wasn't privy to. I wasn't knowledgeable on. I didn't, I didn't even know your brand, right? I wasn't familiar with the Hoops Nation. That's no disrespect, you have an amazing brand. I was just so locked in on like, I know the culture, right? You see how I move around at my thing. Like, if you're a rapper, like you have to know me and you, I know you. And like, I just didn't really see it. And um, I think why the Crew League works, right? Obviously you're the voice of the Crew League you know, and to an extent, we're making you as a, you know, a face, right? We put your face next to 20 rappers on a poster, right? <laughs> um, which is an unheard of thing. And that was by choice, right? Like, like I said, I prove all the posters. And um, because you are a unique talent in that um, you may sound and look a certain way, but you have an opinion on everything the same way everybody has an opinion. And in many cases, um, it's a great 
it, it, you're very important to what the crew league is, is what I'm saying. But I, I wasn't that. a Buster fan at the start. Now I'm the biggest Buster fan. I actually might start an Instagram page as the Buster fan club. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> That's pretty hilarious. No, yeah, I, 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 you know, speaking of season one versus season two, I mean, for anybody that has seen both, you can tell just by watching it that the production value is significantly higher and the, you know, the names are bigger. Although a lot of the season one names have gotten significantly bigger from when they played in season one, which is also an interesting dynamic of how these things sort of play out in the music yeah. and hip hop scene, how fast these guys can grow. Yeah, well, I will tell you, and um, this is something that I think separates us from everything else, right? Because like, you know, my background and our background is branding, marketing and positioning, right? So, and, and um, you know, from a talent perspective, you know, I, I'm gonna, gonna pat my own back on this one. Like, I know what's coming next, right? Cause I'm in the mix and I know who's next. I know what's gonna happen. I know who's working on what, who has things coming out, right? In six months, you're gonna have a very similar conversation on this talent, right? For instance, we have a, we have a game this week coming out on Friday with DDG and Party, right? Who are both well-known hip hop acts, but in six months, you'll see where they are, right? And I'm not saying the crew league is springboarding that by any means, but we are going to be supporting their music. Their music does live on our promotional assets. We are pushing it, you know, Party and DDG, for instance, are now being introduced to a Chris Brown audience or a Jason Derulo audience or a Christian Combs audience. So in a way they are promoting each other, right? And they're sharing audiences, um, right? I can't say the crew league is responsible for the growth of Kid Leroy, but it probably helped certain things, right? Kid Leroy was able to, you take, you know, some of Russ's fans and potentially convert them or take some of whoever he played first round DDG and convert them into fans. So very much so we keep that in mind and we, we want the next, we want a balance of people that are gonna drive audience, but also the ones that are like, cool, like this fan would like this fan, right? I'll tell you, there was, there was some pretty big names that I turned down for season two. Um, and the reason I turned them down is just they didn't fit the collective of what it is, right? Um, and I'll give you the best example of it without saying a name. Um, one of the teams that I turned down, the team captains had 12 million followers on Instagram and he's a huge Latin pop star, right? And he's great at basketball. It just didn't fit this, right? And um, it just, you have to think about that for the narrative of what it is. Will this audience enjoy this? Uh, I don't want to call it a villain, but this other competitor, um, you know, that's not to say the crew league isn't going to have a Latin pop star season and or transition to another sport um, and or a combination of all of it. Um, the crew league brand is very ambiguous in that it can go anywhere, you know, like the, 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 the mission statement and the mission of the crew league is it's a battle of crews. I'm going to lose my mind with this Wi-Fi buster. No, you're good. You actually got the entire point in. 
Um, so you alluded, you alluded to the possibility of jumping into other sports, you know, however much you can say, what do you sort of envision the future of the crew league being, and are there any people that you really want involved? Yeah. Um, um, in full transparency, we are talking about, uh, doing a very unique offering around a different sport. I don't want to get too much into it. Bleach Report might be listening. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, no, we, we, have, we have some dope plans to flip a few other sports. Um, we have the talent already sort of secured. Definitely there's a season three coming very soon. Um, I don't want to say who the winner was, although you know, but that winner was very adamant about calling out a few people, as you know. Um, so we've already contacted those people and let them know that it's coming. They called out. And we've had some amazing guests that were in our crowd as well that have. Crew League is coming, but be on the lookout for sure for some other unique content offerings. Um, definitely, cruelly related. Now, I've got a question that you've probably never been asked before. If you could have two artists have crew league teams who are no longer living, just historically speaking, you can pick anyone back to the 19th century or even before, who would you want, who would you want to have crew league basketball teams? I mean, Michael Jackson would be fucking historic, right? That would like, be insane. Dancing against Chris Brown. Imagine that. Wait a minute. What was the episode? Did you ever watch Chappelle? Are you too young for a Chappelle show? I've seen Chappelle show. What was the uh, the basketball competition with like... Oh, Prince. Prince. Yeah, it, it was Prince. Prince. Yeah. It was Prince. So, I mean, Prince and MJ would go crazy. Dude, um, imagine. That would be nuts. You know, coming from my background, I think the cool East Coast versus West Coast, Biggie and Tupac crews would be, would probably be dangerous, but fun at the time. Um, man, so many. Uh, to be honest with you, some of the ones that, that, that I would love are people that are born, right? Like, I think, you know, I don't think it's far-fetched, uh, to see an OVO in Dreamville competition, right? Powered by the crew league, you know, manifest it. We've had some prelim conversations, but let's manifest it into the air. Manifesting. Um, yeah, obviously, you know, I told you I play basketball and I'm very friendly with uh, the EXO family. So I think there's a world where I can, can potentially participate um but yeah i think i think shirts versus blouses with michael jackson and prince would be legendary dude that would that would be insane yeah my my, per, my personal dream matchup just from being a fan of these guys would be uh sort of a travis scott versus drake i think that would be i think yeah. that would be a fun matchup travis well you gotta remember travis got some hoopers on the team right Shaq is part of the cactus jack family so this is a funny story so um 
Sheck West is, is managed by a guy named Busy. Yep, and I know Busy super well. Mm-hmm. And his day-to-day, like his day-to-day is a guy named Dre. Their company's called Copy and Paste. Shout out to my brothers. I went to college with them and we played intramural basketball together. So right? Like, yeah, we were on the same intramural team at Rutgers. Um, so yeah, Sheck was somebody that we were, we were um, aggressively trying to get on to season two. Obviously it didn't work out because he took a contract overseas. I don't know if he's still there or not. I think um, he might be, I don't know. Yeah, he may be, but at that time, that's what they were working on and finalizing. So yeah, I mean, I mean, those are my guys. And you know, Travis, I've known Travis for 10 years. Travis, when I lived in, I knew Travis since he was in college at uh, UT, Texas. People don't know that. He had a little buzz out there. So um, yeah, those are my guys. Uh, not far-fetched at all. And let's manifest it. Let's do some some totally. magic and I'll, I'll give some credit to uh chase b as well travis's dj and, and producer um i, used I think to play, he too right i used to play with him at the y because we were actually neighbors uh for two years from when i was eight when i graduated high school and moved into the city we were neighbors in the same apartment building um so wow. we used to play we used to play at the y all the time but he can he can hoop too That's um chase my guy and uh yeah, I mean that that would those would be some fun games. But this season, they're even so far that are that are already out that we can talk about, like the Chris Brown Derulo game. I mean, talk about a good a good uh, schedule to get those guys to play against each other in an early round. I mean, mm-hmm. is well, that well, well, you know the 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 commissioner is is uh, very good at at. at uh, matching up personalities right i happen to know both gentlemen um and if you know derulo um and uh i think you got to know him a little bit buster throughout the the weekend but he's just one of the nicest humans on earth like he's just a really good cool nice guy right like he he was actually like a very fourth quarter addition just so you know because he had a baby just a few days before the crew league um and Chris, I will say this about Chris, right? And Chris has uh, been a homie for a very long time as well. Um, Chris was so, Chris was not a better ambassador to the league than Chris, right? Chris had a 12 o'clock call time both days and arrived at 11.30, right? And was literally the last person to leave. Um, it's just a testament to how much Chris really likes basketball. And I don't want to, I don't want to favor anybody, but Chris was hooping out there, right? The first game, you know, I don't want to give too much away about his second round game, but I think he, he scored, he was participated in half his team points, um, which is very rare. Um, so yeah, it was very, really good matchup. Chris is incredible at basketball. Jason is also very good at basketball. I know it didn't really resonate in his game, but hopefully we'll have, you know, Derulo back and, and he can prove himself again. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I in, in round one, Chris was definitely the most involved out of any out of anybody season one or season two so far. So sure. you and I both know, but it'll be fun to see how uh how it all shakes out, you know, in the actual episodes. Mm-hmm. Chris is, now, Chris Chris can really play. 
Now you mentioned knowing guys like Travis for 10 years, having been with Diddy for a super long time, knowing Nicki Minaj at the very beginning of her career. What do you think separates greats from the artists who only last for six months because of TikTok? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, all of the guys, you, all of the people, not guys because Nicki's a female, all of the people you named um, sort of broke before this like, uh, ADD era, right? That we can right. call this time, right? It's just people are very, what's next? What can we see next? Um, but I think we'll last because we have some artists in this generation that I think will have a, a long, longer career. Do I think there will be another Drake that has 10 years or try, like, no, I, I actually don't. But the difference is their work ethic and their strategy, right? Like it's, you have to be very strategic in this day. You have to know how to use the internet. You have to know how to stay out of trouble. You have to surround yourself with the right people, take on the right brand partnerships um, and sort of put a team in place to win, right? Um, I had this saying, I always tell people the most addictive drug in the world is light, right? So for an artist, when they feel the light or are on a stage and it's bright, that's a feeling that can that that is very hard to match, right? I never like stepped foot in the light, nor do I want to. Like I'm scared of that. Um, but you know, when you have this feeling where you're getting the attention, it's it's a it's a drug. And the problem is the ones that last understand that sometimes that light shines very bright, sometimes it's gonna be dim. It's dim, you can't rush it back right you have to allow it to come back naturally and stay sort of relevant in the darkness and then pop up when it's time in this day and age kids just think like they'll chase anything to stay relevant and that's not the way to have a long career that was that was really that was a really like that interesting point i've never heard anybody put it like that but you definitely yeah. see, you know, a lot of these guys like Drake and, and Travis, just for example, aren't running around trying to get posted by like anybody. Yeah. yeah, you can't, you can't chase the light. You have to, the superstars at last get it naturally, you know, and they make the light. Um, but yeah, that's a great analogy for sure. And, you know, they're good people too. I, I've never spent any time around Drake, but I've spent a little bit of time around Travis and just seeing the way that, you know, people like that move at that level, it's, yep. it's also inspiring, you know, like I'm sure you saw with Diddy as well. Well, yeah, I mean, I could tell you there's a, there's an element related to the crew league and their success stories in that no basketball relation. Let's just talk about the crew where the word crew, for instance, um, they surround themselves with people, right. You know, and you could take that into any field, right. What, who's the biggest athlete potentially in the world, right. You name that person. You can name the crew around them, right? You can name every friend of LeBron, right? You can name every friend of KD, right? Not every friend, but, you know, you can name the people that allow them to be bigger than a person that plays basketball, right? Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with any business, especially in entertainment, because you can't do it by yourself. You need the people to put it in place for you, you know? That's another great bar. I mean, you're out, here, out, out here dropping um now where where should people find you best if you want them to or where can people watch the crew league best yeah the crew league is 
you know, obviously they're the partnership for Revolt. So it's on YouTube, just go to YouTube and type in the crew league, type in Revolt, we'll come right up. And if you have cable television, you know, most people don't these days, but if you happen to be one of the couple hundred million people that have it, uh, we're on, you know, programming a couple hours a day. Um, just look for Revolt, whatever your cable provider is, but you can find it there. That's so dope, man. Well, I appreciate you for many reasons, having me a part of the league, coming Thank on the podcast, and I'm excited to see, you know, every everything to come and hopefully help out more. Yeah, and congratulations on everything, obviously. I told you I'm going to start the Buster Share um, Instagram fan page. So, guys, if you, if you guys want to participate or be in the fan club, hit me up. And, uh, and I'm looking forward to watching you grow, too, in your career, bro. And hopefully we continue to align paths and grow together. And, and Jordan was absolutely right about you. You the man. Appreciate that, man. Well, everybody, follow this man. Support everything he does. My brother, thank you again. Thank you. Appreciate you, Buster. All right, everybody. Peace.